Welcome to Bitch Talk Booze and Interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. We are going back in time yet again to the lovely Slam Dance, not Sundance, which uh, is a, a side festival that occurs currently with Sundance. And we were lucky enough concurrently. to... Concurrently. Sorry, yes. What'd you call me? <laughs> Anyway, we were lucky enough to have a wide variety of uh, documentaries and films from Slam Dance and Sundance, uh, and this one is called a documentary called "Behind the Bullet," mm-hmm. and it's heavy. just as heavy as it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> it's a documentary about gun violence from the point of view of those who pulled the trigger, whether it be out of self-defense, accidental, on, on purpose. There was a, a wide, a good variety of. Stories shared. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if I'd say good. Maybe that's not the right. Uh, but it was a wide variety of stories. And it's never, this is the side of gun violence that you don't really hear about. So right. I think it's uh, a really important documentary in that sense. And we're speaking to the director slash producer, Heidi Human, and one of the film's subjects, Will Little. Uh, and we, I think we talked about this. We, we had both seen it and we're like, uh, it was heavy, right? <laughs> and also... And we both just kind of looked at each other like, yeah, let's not talk. We'll talk about it during the interview. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also, with, uh, you'll hear again uh, from our friend John Wildman, who is part of the Festival Daily Buzz when we get into it. But um, yeah, I, I, it's not that we we like this film at all. I don't think you can like this. Right. But I do think it shares the story of gun violence that you don't hear, mm-hmm. whether you agree with it or not. And it was it was rough to watch. Mm-hmm. It was just really, um, really rough, but important. And one thing that I'm really, uh, you know, these interviews that we were doing were just back to back to back to back. We, we barely had time for pleasantries, let alone asking all the questions that we wanted. But one thing that we didn't get into with the director is Heidi was a graduate of Columbine and lost a teacher in the shooting. And so we didn't even get into that. Nope. But uh, this is what what uh, was a major catalyst for her to be an advocate for uh, gun violence and for mm-hmm. gun safety and that just adds to the story. Yeah. That's her passion for this subject and ending gun violence. So um, you'll hear from her. You'll you'll hear from Will, who is one of my favorite uh, people in, in the uh, documentary. Oh, yeah, for sure. One he of was the a, featured people. One of the few shining lights <laughs> right. amidst the yeah, very and heavy, his, dark topic. And his story's hard, too. And he, yeah, has been through a lot. So... so um, Enjoy our interviews with Heidi and Will, and we'll see you on the other side. We are back on the Festival Daily Buzz with Bitch Talk Podcast. My name is John Wildman, here with the Bitch Talk hostesses Aaron Lim and Angela Tabora, my teammates on this show. And right now we're going to talk about Behind the Bullet. It's a slam dance film. We have our director, Heidi Human, and we have one of the subjects from the film, Will Little. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us. All right, Heidi, let's start off with this. Um, you know, I, I always you know, want the directors to introduce our listeners to the film. Uh, this one, I would love for you, as you introduce it, because we're, we're talking about different case studies, can you talk about, can, can you briefly uh, let our viewers know about the, the people that we're talking about in the movie? Yeah, sure, so it's, it's four people who are featured in this film, all who have, have pulled the trigger. And it's really about the impact it's had on their lives. So. We have Will, who's here with me. He um, shot somebody on the streets of Philadelphia and went to prison for 10 years. 
We have a guy in Washington State who killed an intruder that was in his home, ironically stealing his guns. Uh, we have a woman who was shot in the face and uh, has been having surgical recovery ever since um, for the last five years. And then we have an eight-year-old boy who found his mom's gun and accidentally killed his little brother who was five and we film him 10 years after the fact so he's 18 telling the story and uh, what's been happening the last 10 years. And whenever I watch a documentary that has um, a handful of case studies like this I'm instantly curious as to why these particular case studies made them in the film mm -hmm. um, whether or not they that these were the the people that you just happened upon originally, or there were a larger group, and you said these were the most interesting, or, you know, or worked for the film that you wanted to make? Can you talk about that? Yeah, so my original idea, we, we sort of shifted things. The original idea was to show Kevin, the, the one who killed the intruder. I wanted to do those kinds of stories and figured out very quickly that that didn't create very much diversity. And so diversity became really important to me. And so we have a woman, we have a, a man who's African-American, we have an urban environment, we have suburban environment, we have different ages. And so I wanted to tell the story in different ways. Um, and, and part of it, and I'm finding the audience is really responding to it, everybody can can um, see their own family or recognize their own environment in this film um, because we have it's a it's such a diverse group of folks mm -hmm. and that was really important and I, and, I, and I know my my uh, my partners on the show Angela and Aaron uh, all three of us have been, have been talking about this movie mm -hmm. and I, I know <laughs> the, the two of you wanted to dig in this thing go ahead yeah I would love to <laughs> talk to you well uh, obviously your story kind of saved me <laughs> while I was watching this film because it's heavy, um, but I love the story mm -hmm. of redemption and, and giving back to your community and, and showing that you're more than the worst thing that you've ever done. Right. So if you can explain your, your journey with it and, and what you're doing today. Well, um, mainly because you know, when I, as I grew up in an environment which was really violent and you know, drug related and poor, being the only son my mother had other five children, you know, always trying to find a way to make things easy on myself and easy for her as a kid. And being the only man in the house, you know, um, we had a, a difficult time, a difficult time growing up. I had a difficult time adjusting to life in general. And I was influenced by my environment, thinking that I would find a way out. And that influence took me to the streets, selling drugs and dropping out of school and eventually carrying guns and using them. You know, so um, once I was arrested, um, my son was born. I had a son myself. He was born nine months later, and then it kind of triggered a light in my head. Like, do I want this for my son? Do I want this for my child? You know, uh, I wanted to be a father to him because that's something I was lacking myself, and I knew that in this world you would need some guidance and direction. So I started, you know, um, self-discovery. You know, how did I become this person? Because I know we all don't start off um, the way we sometimes the way we end up. And um, just reflecting on, on life in general as the, the natural, um, the innate abilities that we have to survive in life. I mean, the, 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 the creativity, the imagination, the love, the non-judgment, and things of that nature. Um, I began to go back to my human self, you know, and transform my life. And then after I started learning more about life in general and, and myself, I started connecting to other people and how 
much this information is really needed. You know, mm -hmm. so I had to be the sacrificial lamb to really say that I'm not going to be enough statistic. I mean, to go in and out of jail, back and forth to prison. I'm going to come out and do something for myself um, and for other people, you know, especially for my son. So um, when I started learning more, I started mentoring in prison. And mm -hmm. that, was, that was a thought for me to come out on the street and get back to the same environment that I took so much from, you know, by just doing crime and taking lives. Mm -hmm. And um, just now it's about pro-life, you know, just sharing, sharing our feelings and understanding the pain and, and understanding the misinformation that we received as young men and women and thinking that that's all we had, that's all was offered to us, you know, but come and find out the world is, the world is offered to you. And Will, you know, you're, we, we live in a, a reality TV world where we're, we are all um, going to have a camera on us at some point, we think. Um, but even with that, not all of us are the subjects of a documentary. Right. Um, not all of us um, have a camera with someone like Heidi behind that camera um, following everything that you're doing and, and basically assessing what you have been doing right. and what have you. And I was, I was very interested to talk to you because you have um, made a point of um, recalibrating your life and speaking out on it, right. and you know, and and, and, and talking to uh, you know to groups of men, um, you know, that, that haven't come to that point yet in their journey, and this is a this is something that now it's on film, mm -hmm. right. and you know, and I'm assuming you've seen the film, mm -hmm. and so what what is that? How has that colored you know your viewpoint of where you've gotten to now? Mm -hmm. right. Well, it helps me in the mission, the mission to share the message of um, transformation and evolution. And being, on the, being in the, um, the activism um, lifestyle, you, know, you wanna be able to spread your message far and clear, especially if it's connecting with people, especially if it's opening minds, if it's changing lives. And being in this film will, will actually help that initiative. Yeah. You know, will help me spread the message out far and wide, farther than I can reach, you know? And, um, I just appreciate Heidi, you know, and, and Sky, you know, for, for bringing me a part of this project, you know, because it's a very important project and it's a very important topic that needs to be shared and talked about. That we're not having this conversation, so maybe we can start having this conversation in 2019 and beyond. Mm. And Heidi, I want to talk to you also about, you know, the scrutiny that the camera brings, mm -hmm. and that you know, and that that um, being a subject of a documentary brings. And I want to talk about the young man who who shot his brother and uh and, and, and taylor yeah yes and you know and 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 the dynamic between he and his father mm -hmm. um they're you know they're they're uh, evangelical and, mm -hmm. and 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 the father uh, there are moments that i have to tell you you know um i was not a fan of uh, the father and uh, because it mm -hmm. seemed like you know you know he was capitalizing on you know on this in a way I thought you know you could view it in that sense um, with with the uh, the proselytizing um, uh, you know and, and utilizing the message and you know and you have you know the son who is behind him because they're musicians mm -hmm. you know playing from them and so his son is listening to this and and obviously is listening to this all the time over and over and over again and so it doesn't seem you know from what we're watching that you know that this is you know, a healing thing for him, mm -hmm. or that that's even really frankly considered by the father. And I'd love to he hear you talk about that. 
Yes, yeah, so it was it was quite a privilege actually to hang out with Taylor and Darren, his dad. Um, and I spent two weekends in um, in North Carolina talking to them, building the trust, and was really appreciative that they let me mm-hmm. come into their home. And it's a really difficult situation. And what was interesting is when I was filming, I have a son that is the same age as Taylor. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I was watching it from a mother's standpoint as I was filming. Um, he looks just like Taylor. My son is also a drummer. Um, so I, I commend, it, it's an impossible situation. When, you're, when your son kills your other son, um, how do you help that person to not just be crushed by guilt? And I think Darren, to his, to his you know, he did a, re, I think he's done a really good job trying to protect him. I don't know if it's been effective. Um, I, I, they certainly lean on their faith a lot to be able to, um, and that's, that's what he's done. There are no playbooks out there. There's no, there's no book out there to tell Will, this is how you should deal with what you've done. There's no, there's no, um, there's no playbook to tell Taylor, this is how you deal with the shame and the guilt and the loss. And my impression was that he, Taylor really hasn't had an opportunity to really fully experience what he's done and what's happened mm-hmm. he's in a he's in an environment where the evangelical christian there's a family script that they mm-hmm. put together to help him mm-hmm. um you know taylor's not on drugs he's not doing really bad things um this is where they're at right now and and it'd be interesting to see what happens in five ten years yeah mm-hmm. especially when he's not in the family system because mm-hmm. there's some startling moments where you see the, you, you see the wheels turning in, in, in Taylor, and, and, and those wheels are saying, I don't know if I'm completely buying this, because right. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if I completely understand it. You know, and and, and, and those, yeah. those, are really, those are really affecting moments. So I guess to your point, I, I think Darren is doing his best mm-hmm. in an impossible situation. Mm-hmm. And I, I see your point, absolutely. I don't know if I would do any better. It, it's an impossible situation. and. You know, they had a gun in their home. It was uh, not handled in the right way at that one moment, and their lives are forever changed. Mm-hmm. Well, it, you know, I, I, again, it's a tough topic, um, obviously uh, an always relevant topic right now, especially mm-hmm. in this country, yeah. um, and, uh, and, 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 and a really good addressing of that topic. Again, we've been talking about the film Behind the Bullet. It's a screening at, at Slam Dance, and we've been talking to the director, Heidi Human, and one of the subjects, Will Little. Thank you both for being here. Yeah, thank Thanks you. Thank you. That was director, producer of Behind the Bullet, Heidi Human. And one of the subjects of the film, Will Little, um, I don't. I feel like we didn't have enough time with them, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And I think that we could have talked to them for like twenty minutes mm-hmm. separately. Twenty minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Will's story is so. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's walking the walk and talking the talk. Mm-hmm. He just is. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's hope. He's proof that you don't have to be defined by your worst act. Mm-hmm. And where you come from, mm-hmm. um, but we we enjoyed this conversation, and we were really happy to have Heidi and Will there uh, at Slam Dance slash Sundance. And um, we want you guys, because this is Women's History Month, to look forward to next week when we have a three 
I'm calling the three-piece special <laughs> of another film KFC. Fest. Yeah, basically. <laughs> mm. uh, the KFC <laughs> of film festivals. No. Uh, Coven Film Festival, which was held in San Francisco kind of the weekend after we came from Sundance. Mm-hmm. We were driving back, and you texted us on our drive that said, hey, we just got invited to Coven yeah. Film. And I was driving, and I... I my my phone was mounted on the on the dash, and I was driving, and I saw your text come up, and I go, and go find out what she's asking us. To go. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I can't even think about this right now. Let's- well, I think I called you because I'm like, I'm just gonna talk to you about this really quickly. I'm like, let's talk about it when we get home. Yeah. <laughs> so we ended up, Ange and I ended up going to the Coven Film Festival. It was in the city. Um, all women, uh, filmmakers, actresses, everything. It was all women. And it was one day in Japantown at the New People Cinema, and it was great. It was so amazing. I'm so happy we said yes. It was one of the things where we're like, okay, we're going to do it. And then we walk in, and we're like, whoa. Mm -hmm. I don't want to leave. This is amazing. Yeah, I have photos of Ange uh, with full plates (laughs) from every (laughs) meal that they served. Yeah, I mean, uh, I missed know. out. Two you, plates I per mean, meal. It was we were like, man, Charlie missed out on this. Yeah, because <laughs> it was the opposite of us looking for food at Sundance. No, I'm not shitting on Sundance. I'm just saying it was very different, and it was really good food too. Yeah, <laughs> real good. Uh, so watch out for our three piece special. It'll, <laughs> it's happening next week. Uh, we'll have the founders, Cameo Wood and Melinda Fox, and then a whole slew of film, women filmmakers from the day of the um, film fest. So please watch out for that. And in the meantime, bitch, please. 